0: Was that not a beautiful harp or what? It's gorgeous. We're going to talk a little bit about peace this morning. And a lot of times when you think of peace, sometimes you just kind of think, well, it's the absence of strife. And that's part of it, but it's really more than that. Uh, In the Old Testament, uh, the, the word for peace is shalom. And if you look at the, if we have our first slide available, if you look at the peace in the Old Testament, it really means more than just absence of strife. It means completeness and safety and soundness and peace, health, prosperity. You know, when Joseph was in Egypt uh, and he was, you know, leading Egypt, the second time his brothers came to get food, you know, he was anxious to know, About his father, and so they still didn't know who he was. And he said, "You know that father of yours, that older gentleman that you told me about last time, is he?" And he used the word shalom. Is he shalom? In the Bible, it was interpreted as it was uh, translated as "is he well." But he was using the word shalom. How is he? Is 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 his body, as his soul, as his spirit doing well? And that's that's really the idea of of uh, peace in the Old Testament. Another thing about peace is it's not just a, uh, something that you get and, get and, and lose when, it's, when you're getting peace from God, but peace is a residual gift. In John fourteen twenty seven, Jesus was talking to his disciples and he said, "'Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives, and do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid.'" So peace is a gift from God, and it's something that he leaves with us. It's not just something that he gives us and takes away, but it's, it stays with us, it it's leaves with us. But it's an interesting, he used the phrase there, I do not give like the world gives. And so as I was focusing on that over the last several weeks, I was like, what's worldly peace like? What's that look like? And so as I was thinking about it, I couldn't help but think of this commercial that most of you've probably seen on TV, You ever seen the commercial for Corona beer? And they say, you know, and they show people, you know, peace and say, find your beach. And the concept there being um, wherever you are, you're encouraged to find your place of peace. And so let's just say for the sake of making a point, let's assume that living on a tropical beach, like in the commercial, is a representation of the world's version of peace. Okay? Okay. It looks pretty good initially, but when you start looking closer and thinking about it, you start seeing some problems. So what what would be some of the problems of that? Well, the first problem, how about bugs? Bugs. There's always bugs on the beach. You know, life always tends to have these harassing issues going on that can bite you, that can disrupt your peace. You know, whether it be relationships, responsibilities, health, job problems, addictive behaviors. That's one of the problems. What's another problem that you might have living on the beach? How about storms? How about storms? Sometimes an even greater interruption than bugs can happen requiring you, as the meteorologists say, take precautionary actions. You know life as you know it sometimes gets put on hold while you ride out the storm. You know, examples of this, this in your life could be, you know, you lose your job, there's a death in the family, you have a major accident. What's another thing that can happen? How about sunburn? <laughs> a few years ago I went to, on a trip to the Dominican Republic and you know I wasn't hadn't been out in the sun that much, and one of the first things I did, I think, was ride in a kayak or something to where my lower front legs were exposed, and I got the worst sunburn. And I was miserable the whole rest of the time. So, you got to worry about sunburn uh, and even future skin issues if you're out on the beach all the time, you know, the p- potential for skin cancer in, in the future and stuff like that. So, finding your beach can find, can bring peace for a season, but too much exposure to it can be destructive both in the short and the long term. What's another thing? How about hunger? You know, you're, uh, On that commercial, it was a remote beach. You were the only one there. So uh, it had to be a long ways from civilization. You need food to survive. So, how are you going to get food to the beach that far away? Well, maybe I have a solution. Or maybe not. (laughs) Nope, that's not the solution. (laughs) You're going to die because you don't have anything to eat. No, what what I was going to have, I had this cool picture of a a drone dropping pizza down onto the beach. So there's a potential solution. Get a pizza store from the nearby island that has people on it to drone you over a couple of pizzas every day. So anyway, but finding your beach can't adequately feed your desire for peace in the long run. You're going to eventually get hungry again. And then what's the biggest thing about finding your beach, that the problem that it can't solve, and that's the next slide, and that's death. You know, we're all going to die someday, and we always have that in the back of our mind haunting us, and no matter how wonderful that beach is, it can't address that issue in our lives, can it? It takes an entity, a power that's not of this world, to be able to offer a peace that is not of this world, one that... Can defeat death. Thankfully, we have that in the person of Jesus. And that's why the peace that he gives is so special. First of all, what's so special about him is that he is transcendent. He is transcendent. In, Col- in uh, Colossians 1:16 and 17, it says, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have have been created through him and for him. And he's before all things, and in him all things hold together. And so since he created all things, he is by definition not limited by his creation. He stands outside of space and time and death. He's not limited by those. He has Power over those. The second thing is, as we read in a, one of the earlier scriptures that, that uh, one of the guys read, is that Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. The word translated Prince in the Old Testament is Sar, and uh, it means ruler or authority over something. And so if you take that, you realize that Jesus is the ruler of peace, He is Peace's authority. And so if you want it, He's the source. And through his death and resurrection, he has conquered our last and greatest enemy, which is death. And he's provided for us a pathway to eternal life, to eternal peace. So, how do you receive the peace of Jesus? A couple of ways that that come to mind. One is to know him. And that means that you need to be in right relationship with him. Receiving him as your Lord and Savior And if you've already done that, if you've received the gift of forgiveness and eternal life through Jesus, then you already have his spirit, the spirit of peace that's within you. You have the source of peace within. So you just may need to take a few steps to activate that sometimes when you're not feeling at peace. The second thing the Bible tells us we want to do is we want to communicate with him. Communicate with him. And that's, if you look in Philippians four, six and seven it says, Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So this this is an interesting passage that has both a command and a promise. So let's look at the commands first. In the commands it says Don't be anxious about anything. And then it says in everything you want to pray, that's communicating with God. Ask him to help in every area of your life. And that's that's something we need to really think about because God is transcendent. That's as I talked about earlier. He stands outside of time and his capacity to address your problems is infinite. He always has time, he always has the energy, he always has the desire to help. And he always has the power to help. So we should unapologetically go to him with every issue in our lives. Sometimes we tend to think, oh, God, this is, I don't know, I don't want to bug you with this. I'm not sure you have time for this little issue. Well, he, he stands outside of time. He's always going to have time and always desires to help you with any issue in your life. The other thing that the passage says, we need to have thanksgiving. We want to thank him for his promises when we pray to him and we talk to him. We want to thank him in advance for the answers that he has coming. And so doing this, it has the impact of stirring up our faith in both God's goodness and in the power of prayer. And then there's the promise part. It says he will give you his otherworldly peace, which is greater, more powerful than we could ever grasp, than we could ever imagine, greater than anything that the world can give. And then he says that his peace will be a guard, a protector, a shield to both our hearts and our minds. So when you sense fear or troubling thoughts trying to uh, invade your life, God's peace thwarts them. You know, his peace may either calm the storm like he did when he was on the sea in Galilee and they woke him up, or his peace may give you the ability to withstand the storm to endure it as you go through it so in summary what kind of peace does God give he gives the shalom peace that we talked about earlier he gives you something that's residual that stays with you it's otherworldly it's given by a transcendent being it's eternal it's not affected by the sting of death it's beyond our capacity to really understand and it guards our hearts and our minds Anybody want a peace like that? (laughs) I do. (laughs) So let's spend a few minutes and just uh, pray to God and and let that happen in our lives. We're going to actually pray Philippians 4, 6, and 7 together and going to receive his peace. So let's start by asking God to show us areas in in our life that need his peace. And so we're be open to God revealing things maybe that you hadn't even considered before. And we're going to spend a minute or two and ask him to speak to us. All right, so let's bow our heads and ask God to show us areas in our life where we need his peace. So God, right now, we come before you and we believe that you are the God of peace. And so we ask you to show us areas where we're troubled, anxious, fearful, and where your peace is not in control of our lives. Okay, now let's spend a few minutes in what's called supplication or petitioning. So these issues that came to mind, we want to communicate them to him and ask him to address them, take them away, or address the way you've been responding to them to give you peace in that. Now spend a few moments thanking God for his goodness and for the the answers that are coming. And so now receive this otherworldly peace of God that surpasses understanding. Envision it putting walls of protection around your heart and mind right now. Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your peace. amen good job guys (laughs) okay at this time we're going to partake of the Lord's Supper together so elders would you please come forward and and uh, get the elements and take your positions in Mark 16 while they were eating Jesus took the bread And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, he said to them. And so on this Advent Sunday where we're looking at peace, as we bring ourselves as we bring into ourselves the bread and the fruit of the vine, representing the body and blood of Jesus, picture the peace of Jesus entering in, bringing comfort and strength to every area of your life. Let's pray. Lord, as we partake of this Lord's Supper, the body and blood of Jesus, we thank you for revealing to us the glorious riches of the mystery kept hidden for ages and generations, that Christ in us is the hope of glory. We praise and honor him, and we thank you for his peace. Amen.